Welcome to the Lubar Executive Education Podcast. In this episode, we'll be talking about earning relevance as an individual and an organization. With me today is Dave Cafaro, author of Leading from Zero, Seven Essential Elements of Earning Relevance. Dave is a strategic advisor, executive coach, and keynote speaker who helps organizations with strategy development and execution, change leadership, organization, and innovation. Welcome, Dave. Thanks for taking time to be with me today. Thanks for the invitation, Mike. It's a pleasure. To start us off, why does earning relevance matter? And how does it fit in with all the responsibilities a leader has? Well, first off, leaders make a bunch of different decisions every day, and they measure a lot of things to guide them in making those decisions. And so in every organization that I'm aware of, there's a bottom line. In for-profits and non-profits, sometimes it's the wrong bottom line. And my belief is that relevance which means pertinence, importance, the meaningfulness that a business earns with its stakeholders, that's ultimately the most important bottom line. And so the question that leaders can ask is, what does it take for us to earn and sustain relevance, all things considered? So with our team members, with our customers, with our other stakeholders, and a core principle in leading from zero is that relevance has a finite shelf life. And it has to be continually re-earned. It's not like you earn it once and that's it. We're done. We're good from now on. There's a rationale behind that. Everyone is always evolving their expectations of an organization. So you think about employees right now as people are going back into the workplace, a physical location instead of their home, expectations are a lot different now than they were pre-COVID. That's an example of this sort of continually redefining what's normal. And if you think about from an organization of business perspective, the things that benefit customers or benefit employees, those are dynamic. Those things are always in motion. So in order to sustain relevance, you've got to continually redefine what that means. Losing relevance is never intentional. I mean, it's always something that happens because people lose sight of it. And that's part of the problem. It's sort of this lack of intention to sustain relevance. So out of sight, out of mind, there's some series of events that unfolded that a company faced and business leaders either missed or misread the cues, the environment around them, and consequently failed to address diminishing relevance. There are examples all throughout history of companies that kind of missed it and the outcome is never good. I'll share one example with you, and this is one that, that I found very interesting. So this goes back to the introduction of a new automobile model. And so this brand was something that the leaders in this company had put a lot of thought into. And they saw this growing segment in the market, and they said, hey, there's a gap here. We think we can fill it better than anyone else in this particular segment. They got really familiar with what they thought customers needed, and at the time, Walter Chrysler's company, this is going way back, they offered kind of an upscale product, higher price, it wasn't entry level, but they noticed that Ford and Chevrolet in the mid 1920s dominated the market. And they said, we can build something that has more features, more benefits. So they had things like a fully lubricated engine, which in today's concept, you know, you're going, how could you not? But that was something that was kind of creative at the time. They thought if they had things like more features, more benefits at around the same price, they could enter the market. 
And in fact, it was very successful. So if you think in that time frame, July 1928 is when they introduced the Plymouth brand and the Model Q, which was very innovative at its price point. They had this grand ceremony at Madison Square Garden. And the first one was driven into the, the auditorium by Amelia Earhart, right? So this great female aviator, they never ever imagined that they would see this brand deteriorate and that people would lose interest. In fact, it was off to a great start. Their timing was perfect because it was like right before the depression, the depression hit and economy cars kind of took off. Many car companies went out of business, but during the depression, this new Plymouth brand rose to become the number three vehicle in the country. So the moral of the story is nobody in the Chrysler Corporation thought, hey, here's an idea. Let's lose relevance in this product. Let's become less meaningful in the lives of the people who buy our companies. But unfortunately, by 1999, that's exactly what happened. And there were headlines that said, analysts have expected this for years. We knew that the brand had become a non-brand and they lost touch with their customers. It's an example of relevance lost. The last thing I'll say about this, Mike, is that leaders in any position in the company, and I believe leaders can be in any role in the company, all have an opportunity to contribute in identifying those things, those measurements of relevance when they see things changing and can contribute to re-earning and sustaining relevance over time. Couldn't agree more. It's definitely everybody's job to help earn and sustain relevance. Is there anything else organizations can do to earn and sustain relevance and not become a a story like you just told? (laughs) That's not the story you want to be in. But yeah, so in in the book, I talk about seven elements of earning and sustaining relevance. So I'll, I'll just touch on them. Um, the first one is leading by cause. And this is sort of in the context of cause and effect and saying, we always look at numbers. We always love measuring things. And as a leader, I certainly put a lot of time into the financial analysis of my business. But then you have to sort of say, what are the root causes? What are the decisions? What are the actions? What are the behaviors that we undertook to create these results? So that's what leading by cause is about. Unceasing redefinition of normal is another element. Adaptive disruption, that's when you start seeing signs of motion, of things evolving, you quickly reframe the way you engage with your stakeholders. Process mindset, the concept here with this principle is that every activity in an organization is part of a process. You may not have intentionally defined what that process is, but everything is part of a process. Maybe it's just the way you always do things, but that's a process related to something that ultimately is related to a purpose. Seeing your organization as others do is another, winning hearts and minds, and sustainability is the last one. How do you sustain practicing these principles over time? I'll touch on a couple of them though and elaborate on them. First one I wanna touch on, Mike, is this idea of unceasing redefinition of normal. And the principle here is Normal is not a destination that we arrive at in the business world. It's not, okay, here, this is normal. Now we're fine until something disrupts normal. The idea is normal is truly a point on a continuum of perpetual motion. And it's always being redefined. 
So what's normal today is different than it was a year ago and different than it will be a year out. So the idea of a new normal, that is like the next stability plateau, things will be fine once we get back to normal. There is no backwards button in life. <laughs> we can't rewind to something. We're always moving forward. And that matters because when organizations recognize that normal is continuous motion in the business environment, it helps better position all team members, everybody that's a part of the organization to really be attuned to what's changing with our team members, what's changing with our customers, what's changing across the board with all stakeholders. What are the new unfolding threats that we should all be aware of that we can sort of have on our radar? And the earlier in the gestation period of motion, of movement, the more flexibility the organization has to be able to recalibrate its operating models. And that recalibration better positions the organization to sustain relevance as normal as redefined. An example that I have of that, this is a recent one, but a company that you're probably familiar with, which is called Life is Good. And they make t-shirts and the coffee cups and all of that. And their mission, which I love, is to spread optimism. So they weren't feeling all that optimistic last April at the onset of COVID. In fact, the company almost went broke. It was a really tough time. 50% of their sales were wholesale. And that just, when COVID hit, that just dried up. They had to do something. And they decided they were going to start going direct to consumers. And they were going to adapt the message, still sticking with the optimism theme, but adapted to current reality which was life is good behind a mask or life is good when you're sheltering in place and things like that. Mm -hmm. And by sort of rethinking the way they engage with their customers by understanding their customers and what was relevant to them at that point in time, not only did they save the company, but 2020 turned out to be their very best sales year in 27 years of existence the CEO of the company, Bert Jacobs, was on CNBC recently. He said, 2021 is even better than 2020. So the point is that by them redefining normal for them, they were able to adapt their operating model and to really thrive. So, so that's, that's kind of an important one. The other one that I'll touch on, the other essential element of earning and sustaining relevance is this whole concept of seeing your organization as others do. And this principle is about overcoming this sort of natural human tendency to rationalize feedback, to defend ourselves and our companies and not really look squarely in the mirror. For humans, let's be honest, it's hard to be objective. We see that when we get 360 degree feedback and we're surprised and myself included, I think most people get surprised when you get 360 feedback saying, oh no, they've gotta be wrong on that. They must've misread me, right? Uh, there's a lot of research on this topic and we tend to not be really objective with ourselves. There's the classic story of the Harvard Law School graduating class and on at the commencement exercise and the speaker says, I'd like to see by a show of hands, how many of you are above average for your class? And 100% of the hands go up, right? Everyone's above average. Well, the point is that we aren't always objective with our self-assessments. And since businesses are just sort of a conglomeration of humans, 
we're not always objective about how our companies are seen by others. So organizational self-awareness is really trying to get at understanding stakeholders' perspectives and finding ways to sort of institutionalize processes for gaining greater objectivity and see our organization the way that other people do. So understanding people stay in their comfort zone, as well as they might not want to look in the mirror uh, as much as they should, how can organizations gauge how well they're doing on their relevance? Are there any indicators they should be looking for? Well, so there's a very strong correlation between relevance and revenue. When relevance wanes, revenue tends to follow. But before you start seeing the effect in the PL, there are some leading indicators that I encourage people to look at. So, for instance, changes in customer satisfaction trends or customer engagement measures, if we're talking about relevance to customers, um, changes in the net promoter score, if that's what your company measures, increased complaints, um, unfavorable online traffic or social media traffic, or things like pricing deterioration, right? When, when your customers start saying, we're not quite seeing as much value, we're gonna push a little harder on the pricing, that could be a leading indicator suggest that perhaps relevance is in jeopardy. Um, there are lagging indicators, customer attrition, right? Something's already gone really wrong and customers are leaving you. A decline in repeat customers, fewer new customers, decreasing average sales or margin deterioration. On the employee side, team member side, there's some similar metrics that you could look at to find out if your company is losing relevance or it's teetering with your employees. But the key is to catch things as early as possible. The last resort for finding out if relevance is in jeopardy is the PL. Because by the time it gets there, generally there have been a series of unfortunate events that led to that condition. And it's too late at that point. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit here about organizations and how they can earn and sustain relevance. Can we switch a little bit over to leaders and how can leaders contribute to their effort, regardless of their level in the organization, since leadership does exist at all levels? First of all, I think it's really important what you said, leadership exists at all levels. And leadership is not based on a title or a position. It's the way that we show up in our work through conscious choices and behaviors, right? Yes. We can't control the world, but we can absolutely choose our actions we can choose the way we communicate, and we can show up as a leader in any position. So I believe whether you're in the C-suite or you're in an entry-level position, whether it's a for-profit or an, a social sector nonprofit organization, and I'll add to that meaning in our work comes from feeling that we're making an impact through our ideas and actions. And so if you think about it, promoting ideas and influencing action is truly a core leadership characteristic, right? Everyone in an organization can use their voice to shape their organization's direction and can lead from where they are. They can use their eyes, their ears to attune to the dynamics that are going on in the company, in the industry, in the world. An example of this, so just take this restaurant that I know that my daughter worked at, featured from time to time Dover Soul, right? It was especially in the West Coast, that was a big deal maybe not in the Northeast perhaps or in other places, but it was really a big deal when they had that special. And on a Friday night, they were really excited because they sold a hundred orders of Dover Soul. Great. Sales revenue is up. 
the servers noticed that on average, about half of the plates that they served, people barely ate the Dover sole. On the one hand, management's going, that's great. Sales are good. We got to keep offering this. On the other hand, the people whose eyes and ears are attuned to what the customer is relating to are saying, not so quick. People don't like it so much. So that can lead to some really good questions around why is it? Maybe talk to the people in the kitchen. Maybe talk to the people who are serving the food. Maybe talk to the bussers who are picking up the plates. The point is, Everybody can play a role in striving to objectively see and hear how the organization is showing up and make an impact that way. And, and that leads to things like what I call adaptive disruption, another of the themes in the book, which is as early on as you can possibly identify signs of motion, things that are in flux, things that are dynamic, that gives the organization a much better chance to recalibrate then you wait till it's way down the road and you find out people aren't coming back to your restaurant because they didn't like the Dover sole. So they're not going to come back for anything. It's a great example and really illustrates the point that you have to listen to everybody in the organization, especially the people closest to the customer, because they might be able to head off a challenge that, that the organization's having before you even realize it. Yeah. Are there any common mistakes you see leaders making that they should either avoid or maybe pitfalls they should be looking out for? There are, but let me mention before that, going back to your point about everybody playing a role, there is a responsibility leaders have, which is to create and sustain a culture that says, we aren't going to shoot the messenger. We aren't going to hold somebody accountable for bringing a problem to us or bringing a trend to us or speaking up. I've seen that happen so many times. And so really that is a common mistake, wanting to take the messenger who's trying to help and say, no, you're wrong, right? The people really did like the fish. Hearing them, creating an environment where it's safe to speak up to you, whoever you are, if you're a manager, if you're a team lead, if you're in the C-suite. Some other things that are common mistakes though are first of all, failing to recognize motion, right? Things are always in motion. Things are always shifting. I live in Southern California, and so we're quite attuned to motion in the earth here. There are a lot of earthquakes, but we don't always feel them. So, in fact, I was doing a talk a couple of weeks ago, and I went to Caltech. They have a site that's the Shaker Map, and it shows all plate tectonic movements. You can do a one day, one week, one month, one year, whatever. So I pulled one week, and I was looking at it saying, it never stops here in Southern California and everywhere on the planet, but the earth is always moving. We don't always feel it. In fact, the planet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour, but we don't feel it because that feels normal. A mistake of leaders though, is not recognizing when the motion is happening and they're saying, we're going to stay where we are. And so they kind of miss that opportunity. Another mistake that, that I see is managing by effect. So just looking at the PNL rather than leading by cause. So again, back to the restaurant example, the manager got all excited because they sold a hundred orders of the fish, but that wasn't really a good thing. That was sort of a temporary thing. And instead of saying whether the results are favorable or unfavorable, the effect, digging into the cause and saying, why did this happen? What were the activities? What were the behaviors? What were the choices that we collectively made that created these results. And then the last one is looking for stability 
in external conditions. No organization on this planet can find stability in external conditions because they're always changing. So those things that we would look to for stability are temporary at best. What the organization has to look to for its stability is its vision. What's its future state picture? Where is it going? What's the impact it's going to have on the world, on the community, on the town, whatever it is? And then how does that align with the mission, with the purpose? And then how does that align with the strategies? I look at it, it's kind of like GPS. The destination is the vision. And if you put something in your GPS, that's where you're going, but the route may change. Strategies will change. So that's, those are some of the common things that I see, Mike. Those are great pieces of advice and should really give us all a moment of pause and some things to think about. Before we wrap up this episode, what final advice or suggestions would you have for our listeners to help increase relevance, possibly things that they can put into practice even today? So one of the, the core principles of leading from zero is that we have to earn our wings every day as contributors, individual contributors, as leaders, as businesses. In other words, every day really starts at zero, a very existential kind of philosophy. Long ago, there was an airline who had an advertising campaign that was, we earn our wings every day. We start the day, we don't have any passengers. We've got to earn the right to get the passenger and make them happy. And that concept is truly valid. Unfortunately, that airline didn't practice it. They said it in their advertisements, but they did not earn relevance with their customers. And as a result, Eastern Airlines went bankrupt. So I think a really good principle to practice is saying, what would it be like if we didn't have any customers today? How would we earn the right to serve? How would we earn the right to provide our products, our services, whatever it is that we do? And truly get into that mindset and see how much shifts when you go to that leading from zero perspective. The second thing is we have to recognize our organization must matter. It must matter in the lives of our stakeholders or it won't survive. Now, right now we're in a fascinating environment for companies and attracting employees. And yeah, there's a lot of talk because of the COVID. My view is that because of what's happened through COVID, it's accelerated a focus on a reality that's coming regardless. And that is the demographic shift. According to the US Census, by 2030, there will be more people in our country over the age of 65 than under the age of 18. That has huge implications for how we attract and retain employees. So as employers, we have to think, how are we gonna be relevant in the lives of our team members? How do we help them grow, learn, develop, be meaningful and have productive careers? And what exactly does it mean? I spoke to a group of CEOs last year and they were talking about you know, the battle for talent and how difficult it is. And so I asked the group, what's your value proposition for people coming to work for you? And there was a pause. And one said, well, you know, we've got great benefits packages. We give people three weeks vacation right from the start. And another one said, well, we pay good wages. And my response is, those are foundational. <laughs> you have to do that to be in the game. But think about anybody who would be potentially a candidate. They're going to say, yeah, but what else is there? There's a great Harvard Review report that came out about a year and a half ago 
they found 93% of everybody they surveyed was willing to take work that had lower lifetime compensation, but was more meaningful than to take the higher paying job. Recognize that we have to be relevant to our employees. We have to be relevant to our customers. We have to be relevant to all of our stakeholders. And the final thing, Mike, is to recognize that the future starts today. The actions that you take, that your colleagues take, that your organization takes today are going to create the results you experience next month, next quarter, next year, and beyond. Be mindful about what those actions are and always test into how do these align with the vision? Are they in alignment with the vision? I know you see this. I see this often. People get involved. Companies get involved in things that they say, this is such a time drain. (laughs) It's taken us away from what we really want to do. Well, that was somebody's choice. So how do you make the best choice today in order to create the results through the activities and how effectively you do them for tomorrow? So those are my thoughts on how you can increase your relevance starting today. Dave, thank you so much for making time to talk about leading from zero and providing some examples and advice on how each of us can help our organizations earn relevance each day. If you're interested in more detail from Dave, please visit davecafaro.com and consider purchasing a copy of his book, which is also available on amazon.com. In closing, I'd like to take a moment and thank our listeners. We wish you the best of luck as you move forward on your leadership journey. Please check back regularly for additional episodes.